It's Avila Staley from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. You know, Coach, we almost had new music today. What? Yeah, I almost uh, I almost could not find the sound effect here. I had to oh. I had to update the spots because we got a new sponsor. Shout, shout out to oh. Kevin Frisbee from Frisbee and Associates. And uh, I had to I had to switch things out. And uh, when I switched things out, I was like, uh oh, where's that music? But I found it. It was good. We're we're all set. You, oh. I wouldn't Crisis know averted, what was going on. Well. I don't know what you would have danced to. No, frankly, that's that's what trouble. I would have been trouble in paradise. Would have been my concern. We do have some good news, however, and we're joined now by Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. He joins us each Monday morning for our Monday morning quarterback. Even though we didn't have any football over the weekend, we have to, you know, quarterback things that happened over the weekend because that's just what happened. Uh, according to a report from our good friend Ryan Palmer uh, up in Dixfield, the infield dirt is visible at Harlow Park, Randy Whitehouse. Nice. I like it. I like it. That's they, they usually are pretty aggressive about getting the snow off the field there, so uh, I'm not too surprised, but that's a good sign. I like it. I want to know if Oak Hill High School has contacted you about coming up to shovel off their <laughs> field in your spare time. Uh, I was a taxpayer in that district for uh, 15 years. I've I've shoveled plenty of stuff there. So. <laughs> you you don't live there anymore? No, I live in Gardner. So. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> he made the he made the move. Yeah, so that was that worked out. Worked out. Wow. What did you uh, What did you partake in this weekend? A lot of Red Sox offense, or you know, did yeah. you watch some NCAA basketball? What was the what was the sport of choice this weekend, Randy? I, I watched uh, Kevin Pillar going around the bases on a loop. It was the best thing I saw. <laughs> Good old that Kevin Pillar. So much fun. That made my weekend. I, you know, I, I, I can't enjoy uh, the, the Red Sox because they're in all these one-run games. And they'll, they'll kill me before the end of the year, but. But watching Dylan Batances try to hold runners on base makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, Dylan Batances is not uh, his uh, his whole. It, it's usually it's so funny to me, Randy. This is the first thing I get concerned about every year: the spring training profile of the guy who's lost a bunch of weight and is looking to improve going into the next year. That is always the guy who scares the holy hell out of me. Always, because every time he loses weight, every time he's in shape. It never, ever, ever, like, seems to, like, it never seems to translate into anything good going on onto the field. You know, like, it, it's it's almost, it's like the, it's it's like a Madden curse. Like, if you came into into camp in shape, that means that trouble is, is coming. Is yeah, that's, I feel a, like. that's a red flag anytime you hear someone say, oh, he's in the best shape of his life. That's, you know, that, that's usually a red flag. And, and, I mean, it's, you know, Mentally, clearly, he, you know, for all the work he did, I guess I read at least one story talking about what he was trying to do uh, to maybe not hold runners on, to at least make them think that he's holding them on. Uh, it hasn't worked. And, I mean, you know, that bullpen, if, if he's not right, that bullpen is definitely vulnerable. I'm not the biggest. Uh, David Robertson fan and, and Chapman is not what he used to be. He's, he can still be pretty dominant, but he's not as dominant as he was before he got to that. You mean before he got Joe Maddened? Yeah, <laughs> before he got Joe Maddened. So, um, yeah, uh, that's, you know, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to overreact based on 
you know, one weekend of games, but um, I, I picked the Red Sox to win the division, and, and so far, so good. I never saw Xander Bogarts going off like he has. I, I mocked him for batting him fifth, but uh, that looks like a genius move. He's, he's absolutely crushing the ball. It's 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 usually uh, I I'm waiting for the rest of the Red Sox to start hitting, yeah. You know, I because that's going to happen. And then the other thing I'm waiting for is for their pitching staff to face an offense that actually has more than two hitters in it. <laughs> and Any I, I want I want to see how that goes. Like when I look at the two, when I look at the matchups, like Toronto's not great, but I would I would put Toronto miles ahead of of Tampa. So it's kind of one of those deals like it, Tampa and, and the Marlins this year are really going to be competing to who loses the most the most games. I, I mean that's great for the state of Florida. I mean this is, you know, this is that that's they always say oh Florida's a great state for baseball. Well, it sure is when you're going to have two teams that are competing for a hundred hundred <laughs> lost seasons. That's uh, that's really where you go. Shout out to the Marlins yesterday for beating the Cubs. By the way, that was at least they got their one win over. But the you know I. I watched uh, like a replay of, you know, six, eight games this morning on uh, one of the channels, and there were a lot of empty seats. Cincinnati, seriously, there wasn't anybody there. Well, it's 10 degrees out in Cincinnati, and it's like, what do you want to, like... But, I mean, there was nobody. Number one, it's five degrees outside, okay? And then you've got a team that's may or or may not show up each game. You don't really know, (laughs) like... It's tough, man, and and basically when teams, there are a lot of teams that have admitted that yeah, it, it, we're uh, we're basically tanking this year, you know, like w- with the way they're doing things. It doesn't really behoove me to come out to the ballpark unless I'm getting a Joey Votto bobblehead, you know. I'm not. You better get me there. You want you want to get people out to the ballpark? Get them there for a bobblehead. Bobblehead people are the craziest people. Randy, we were saying there's, I don't know, eleven or twelve teams that either have in good weather or a dome. How about playing the first couple of weeks of the season down there? You know, who's going to complain? The, the fans will be here when opening day happens, whenever it is. Yeah, well, the, the answer that, that they always give is that the, the teams in the warm weather cities and the domes and stuff don't want too many April dates because it takes away from their summer dates and, you know, the kids out of school and all that. So, you know, Tell them, you know, okay, well, you know, how about we play a couple weeks, you know, the first couple weeks at home, and you don't have to play the last couple of weeks at home. Uh, you know, have a road trip at the end of the season, and, and we'll be good. I mean, you know, school's back in in, in September, so, uh, you know, it, it would seem that it would, you know, save a lot of headaches. You know, like opening day getting snowed out today, basically in the Bronx, and you know, I, I don't, I don't see why they haven't at least tried it for one year and, and see how it works. Because it, it the Red Sox, a lot of issues with you know pitching staff and you know trying to juggle things this time of year. Well, I mean, you and you make a good point there too. I mean. They're investing all this money into pitchers, and we're all concerned about pitcher safety. You know, let's go out and have them. Let's go out and have them pitch in twenty-five degree weather. That seems legitimate. You know, that'll work out good for everybody. Well, they were excited on the broadcast yesterday that 
Opening day at Fenway, the, the weather forecast calls for 45 degrees. <laughs> that is great hitting weather with a wooden bat. Wow. And, yeah, and that's the other thing. I mean, the, the northern teams can't be too happy about the, you know, how the weather impacts their ticket sales. I mean, on top of it being, you know, school still being in session, they have to deal with the, the weather issue, which discourages plenty of people from going out. I'm not I'm not going to a baseball game that I'm not being paid to cover, you know, for the next three weeks at least. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I you would think that that they would have had something better worked out than this, you know, than what, you know, basically passes for really crappy scheduling. Really? Well, I mean, but and then the, the excuse is always, well, the computer makes the schedules, which is great. I yeah. think we know who programs that, but whatever. It's but you good. know, you're right, Randy. You know, over the weekend, my wife and daughter were skiing, and I was home, and I looked and I saw Bates Lacrosse was playing, and seriously, I, I thought for a long time, then I went, you know what? Nah. It's still cold. It's still, you know, I'm not, nah, I'll wait till the weather's warmer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's free. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and that's free, exactly. And it's, and it's not too bad entertainment. Although the last couple of teams that I've covered, I've I've really uh, brought the the Bobcats down, both the men and, and the women. They've they've played very well to start the season, and then when White House starts covering them, they start playing their worst lacrosse. <laughs> this you're saying they're not inviting you to any games. I think what? he's saying he's the dark cloud of local sports coverage. That's, that's really. Me. Yeah, if you could just stay off. Of, could you go down to Fenway? Tell Justin to send you down to Fenway. Opening day is coming right up. Just go on down there and <laughs> just go from there. You know, pre- preferably on a day when Chris Sale's pitching. Maybe that would be cool. That would be fine. <laughs> what um, what are your thoughts? We had uh, we talked with Coach Haley about this on on Thursday, and uh, we talked about some of the the teams that are moving down into Class E football, including Dirigo. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this and, and the Class E stuff and uh, as, as we keep progressing here with, uh, with football programs now moving uh, back down into that developmental portion is I think Dirigo and Old Orchard Beach and I know one other school Freeport. is in Freeport are, are moving down into E. Yeah, uh, Class E is expanding and I don't think that's what uh, main high school football wants more teams going into Class E than, than leaving Class E. Uh, you know, the, the Dirigo situation, I mean, it's, it's kind of sad, but, um, you know, the, the numbers are, are low in, in a lot of sports, if not all sports up there. And football was scraping by on its fingernails this past season uh, when they had all the injuries. Um, and they came into the season with more kids than, than they had last year. Not significantly more, but they did have more. But then they had a rash of injuries, and, and they were right back down to suiting up, what, 19, 20, 21 kids. Um, so I'm, I'm not too surprised with, with that situation. They had, they had a fairly large senior class that's graduating. Um, and, you know, we we won't get into merger talk with uh, with Mountain Valley and all that. That's another issue. But um, yeah, it, 
I think it's pretty obvious that that we're still in transition here, and I hope ultimately that that the answer for some of the smaller schools, a lot of the smaller schools, is a man football. And uh, Lee had a, a call. Lee Horton had a column on that today. He's he's from areas and he's he's watched uh, uh, a man football, and he raves about it. And everyone that I've, I've talked to and everyone that I've read that knows about it uh, likes it. And, you know, given the alternative, which is either very non-competitive or no football at all, uh, I think I think that's, that's the direction we're headed in. You think you're going to start seeing that through all the classes? Do you think that's how they're going to do E moving forward? Maybe do E as the eight-man and then start moving that up? What do you, yeah. what do you think that looks like? Yeah, I I think you'll start out as as kind of a classy kind of thing. Uh, you know, it depends on how many how many schools uh, express interest in participating. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't see it as being you know like a a huge uh, conference or, or a huge class. Um, you know, I think most schools are gonna prefer to play eleven man as long as they possibly can. But there is uh, there are a lot of small schools that that put football in uh, or brought it back in the last fifteen years or so, fifteen, twenty years and uh, you know, they're struggling again. And this alternative uh, I think not only allows you to, to keep a, pro- a program going but a lot of schools, when they switch to in football, thrive. And you know, I just I think as long as as long as there's a, a commitment to it at at all levels, I mean, you've got to play it at the youth level too. I think for it to to really work and for kids to really accept it. Uh, yeah, I think that's the way to go. What does eight man look like? Like, what do you have? Like three offensive linemen or something? Like, what? What is that whole? Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I, I haven't seen it. Like, from what he tells me, it's three offensive linemen and uh, you know two receivers and I think a quarterback and and, and two running backs. So tight end and, and a running back. I think you can do different kind of formations, but I think you have to have three linemen. Huh. Okay, that's that's interesting. I'm, I'll read that call. I might have Leon this week to talk about that. He seems I'm going to make him the eight man football expert, expert at this, right? this point, right? I think that's the way to go. We'll make him the we'll make him the eight man football guru and and see if that can see if that works for things. It's Abilas Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the MBR Radio Network. This is weird. Oh, I just saw a guy going out and trying to fix a sign so that was good you never quite know what anybody's going to do on the corner of center and bradman you just you don't know we see all kinds of things here i uh, i gotta tell you randy i was super excited to watch uh, watch our celtics on on saturday night against toronto and i kind of like marcus morris getting thrown out at the end you know and then butt patting the official as he walked off the court i thought that was a good time and then staring down the the toronto player that was giving him a hard time like i I like that little bit of nastiness, and I think that team's going to need this because every time I, I've watched them play lately, teams have really kind of gone out of their way to be a little bit more aggressive with the Celtics. I don't know if they're getting a reputation as being a finesse team around the league or what, but uh, they are going to have to add that little bit of toughness, and uh, 
I think this is going to be a great, no matter who plays, whether Kyrie comes back, whether Smart comes back, whoever, this is going to be killer experience that you just cannot recreate, especially for Jalen Brown and for Jason Tatum, who both seem to have kind of found their second wind here and are uh, contributing solid, solid minutes right now for this team and really helping to lead them along with Morris uh, as they continue to trudge towards that number one seed. Yeah, I, 4-0 on that West Coast road trip uh, is just amazing. And, you know, now all the the national talk is starting to swell up about uh, Brad Stevens being being the coach of the year. It's too bad that it takes, you know, a bunch of injuries for, for people to finally recognize how good of a coach he is. But, uh, you know, going 4-0 on that road trip just uh, – it is amazing considering who they didn't have and what they had to deal with, you know, during the trip, guys going in and out of the lineup. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Morris, Marcus Morris has really stepped it up really since Kyrie went down. And, you know, you're right. He brings that, he brings a little bit of an edge to them. And uh, my, my son and I have been kind of going back and forth about, you know, whether we want him – Starting or coming off the bench, and and you know I I understand they have to start him uh, with all the injuries that they've had, but I I really like the idea of him coming off the bench with with Greg Monroe and you know having that kind of uh, predict productivity, offensive productivity coming off the bench. Uh, you know, especially you know when Smart comes back, he doesn't feel as obligated to be. Uh, as much of a score off the bench. Um, yeah, Monroe's starting to, to fit in a little bit. Uh, they're looking really good. Like you said, Brown and, and Tatum seem to have found their second win. Tatum, you know, I guess the, the pinky was affecting him more than, than he let on or more than we thought. I mean, just based on looking at his shooting percentages and turnovers and all that. So yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun in the playoffs, regardless of of who comes back and who's available to play. Just to see the development of, of those young guys and and to see you know how guys like uh, you know Gaines and Morris and you know guys who, who weren't with the team last year react to to postseason play. I'm looking forward to it and going into it really with with no expectations. You know, just. You see where it goes, have fun with it, and let it fly. See, you could coach the team, too. You could just say the same yeah, thing to go. them, too. Just go out, have yeah. fun, see where it goes, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I mean, if you ask me, all the pressures on, on Cleveland and, and Toronto. You know, Toronto, okay, you know, t- time for you guys to finally do it in the playoffs. You know, Cleveland, LeBron's probably not going to be here next year. It's their last stand. Uh, Celtics aren't going to have any pressure on them in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, it'll be fun to see what Brad Stevens can do with that. You know, we don't think about it, Randy, because they're adult men, but there's a lot to be learned when there's adversity. Yeah. You know, it's a real, I mean, not only do guys get a chance to play because somebody else is missing, but when times are tough, you, you learn a lot about different people and what they can they have to give and how much they're willing to give. And suddenly they dig down and find places they've never realized they had, and they're going to be better for it. Uh, 
Absolutely, Dave. And, it, you know, I, I, one of the concerns I had early in the season was some of the younger guys and really even some of the veterans kind of deferring to, to Kyrie a little too much. I mean, he's your yes. best player. You want him to have the ball. You want him to, to lead your scoring and lead your offense. But, but they were, you know, a little too willing to step back and let him do it all himself. Uh, early in the season, and, and now that he's been out for a while, some other guys have had to step up, and, and when he comes back, maybe they'll be, you know, more emboldened to, to say, okay, Kyrie, you know, take it, take a playoff here for a second, I got this, and, uh, you know, I'm sure Kyrie would appreciate that, too. Like, sure. You know, I know he likes being the alpha dog, but he doesn't want to be, you know, feeling like he has to scare the entire load, so maybe... With him out, guys like Tatum and, and Brown and Morris and and Rozier, uh, you know, feel like they can they can uh, chip in in those big moments a little more often, be a little more aggressive. So yeah, you're absolutely right. You, you learn a heck of a lot about yourself, and uh, you know, it can be a positive, no doubt, going forward. Talking to Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal, SunJournal.com. Yeah, I, I kind of feel I, I feel that that same way, and I. I the other reason I'm hoping that this goes well is so that people will stop trying to trade Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in an Anthony Davis hey deal. Boy. You know that would be the key because I don't I don't think Anthony Davis is coming here. I definitely don't want Kawhi. I I don't really think I want Kawhi Leonard at this point since it doesn't seem like the team is in charge of his of his of his health. It seems like there's a there's a team there's another team that's in charge of his health. Like Popovich is kind of the ultimate players coach and yeah. when he throws you under the bus publicly, like that to me is kind of a wrap. So I'm gonna be real interested to see what happens with that scenario over the summer. Yeah, I I don't really want want anything to do with, with Leonard based on everything that I'm reading and hearing about how this whole situation has been handled. I mean he could have really could have come back around the all-star break from the sounds of it, and, and he just doesn't have any interest in, in playing, apparently. So, yeah, and, and as far as an Anthony Davis trade, uh, you know, I I hate to see guys, young guys that, that you draft and develop uh, and that you think are going to become superstars. I hate to see them uh, go. I hate to see them traded off before they reach their full potential or really when they reach their full potential. Um, but Anthony Davis is just crazy good. I mean, he's such a great, great player now. You know what you have in him. I think Tatum is going to be a very special player, too. It's going to be an absolute pleasure to watch him, you know, find the ways uh, that, that he learns how to score. He's already got so many different tools in his tool, toolbox, uh, for scoring, uh, it, it, it's going to be incredible what he adds to that toolbox and probably starts averaging 25, 26, 27 points a game here in a couple of years. Um, and I think Brown has is, is really grown this season, too. Uh, but Anthony Davis, man, he's a, he looks like a once-in-a-generation player. Uh, you know, it's not, a, it's not a move I'd make in a heartbeat, but I'd have to seriously consider it. His name is Randy Whitehouse. He joins us from the Sun Journal each and every Monday to, to go over things. You got a you got a pick tonight between Villanova and Michigan. You you want to? Oh yeah, I, I think I think Nova's going to win 
pretty easily. They're not going to shoot like they did on Saturday, but but you know, as long as they keep the the big German there in line, they should be. Yeah, I'm just like, eh, like I need that underdog thing to keep me going to the tournament. I don't, I, don't, Love the I don't care about Villanova and Michigan. Like, I didn't go to Villanova. Like, I didn't go to Michigan. Like, the older I get, like, I used to be into these sorts of things, but now I'm just like, I need a story, and I need a story to keep me there. And I thought Loyola Chicago was going to hang on and beat Michigan the other day, but my God, that was some ugly basketball between those teams. So Yeah, it was brutal. I, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. I got a special place in my hat for Villanova for the 84 championship game that's still my favorite game of all time. But yeah, I can understand where with, with the Loyola out, it's you know, it doesn't have the juice that it that it would have had. No, I but the women's uh Yeah. Wow. The one Gallia. Ogawambi or whatever her name is. Holy smokes. Yeah, both, both the semifinal and the final. Yes. She's, uh, she's well anytime good. UConn loses in women's basketball, I'm happy. So. <laughs> well I'm uh, yeah, anytime Gino loses. Good old Gino. He's uh, not one of my favorites. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm actually going to be in the office tonight, so I'm, I'm not going to really be able to watch the game. I, you know, I, I'd love to watch it, Maddie. Don't take that opportunity for granted. All know? right, well. Loyola Chicago is that could still be a great game. Yeah, I don't think it will be. I don't think he'll Michigan, be asleep. I, I, it doesn't start till nine twenty-six. Oh my god, I'll be, I'll be, uh, well, yeah, I'll be passed out. Like that'll be nine twenty-six. It's that's a crime. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah. why is that starting at nine twenty-six? Like, prime time starts at eight twenty-six. Get how your about, pregame show done at seven. Yeah, I mean that's that's just stupid. That's yeah. just that's a big waste of time and a bunch of people that don't understand things and then they won't understand other things. So that'll happen. God. All right, Randy. We will talk to you next week. Thank you very much. And uh, you enjoy your night at the office tonight. Have a good time. Take care, Randy. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. We will have more on the way. That was Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal for the B-List Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network.